Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, a.m. 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship, par 72, plus another nine-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. And now, here once again is the host of Password, Alan Ludden. Welcome to Now, we're going to meet the contestants who are going to challenge our winning team here with Millicent Thomas and Betty White. First, let's meet that fine sports writer from the New York Herald, Oscar Madison. Nice to be here, I think. Now, as you know, for this special series, we allow our celebrity contestants to pick their own teammates. Now, who have you picked for your partner, Oscar? Oh, I chose for my partner, Felix Unger. What did you want me to say? Here's Felix. Welcome to Password, Felix. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a commercial photographer, portraits especially. Uh... I was married, but I'm not now, unfortunately, although I wish I were. I have two extremely beautiful children, Leonard and Edna, whom I don't see as much as I'd like to. I only, only get them on weekends. Just a little. On the other hand, I'm a very good cook, and I'm a lot of fun at parties, yeah, people tell me. like you lead a rich, full life, Mr. Unger. Now, let's be... Thank you, Alan. I'll give the password first to Oscar, Madison, and Betty White. And as they look at it, we want you to see it at home. The password is bird. All right, Felix, you have the option. Time pass or play. I'll play, Ellen. Ten points. <clears throat> Aristophanes. <laughs> Greek. Nine points, Millicent. Canary. <laughs> Bird. You got it! <laughs> and so the score of nothing was for these messages. Aristophanes. That's a perfect clue. Everybody knows Aristophanes wrote a play called The Birds. Everybody buzz me. Will you stop being so perfect, Felix? Will you stop it? We're losing here. Now, come on. Let's go to get together. Why do you think I'm giving you these great clues? Great clues? If Charlie Chan had these clues, he'd be running a laundry. Now, we're losing 17 to nothing. I always win at home. Don't I fix your time? Leave it alone. Put it back. Never mind at home. This is the big time. Oh, the heck with it. This is big time now. At least we're on your college. Felix, will you listen to me? We're going to lose this entire game. Now, we're being queen. 
this is important. I want you to give me good clues. I'll give me the word yes, okay? I'm glad you got the spirit, because okay. we're going to win, win, win. Yes, now listen, no more Greek clues. Aristophanes is ridiculous. Stand by. <laughs> okay, back to the game. And the word goes to Oscar Madison, Betty White with a score of 17 to nothing. This is the word. The password is ridiculous. All right. Oscar, you have the option. Pass or play. I'm going to play, Alan. Now, Aristophanes. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> you got it. The men are on the march. Yes. Okay, 10 to 17. Thank you, Oliver Felix. Millicent, there you go. As they look at it, we'd like you to see it. The password is servant. Okay, Felix. The option is yours. Pass or play. Thank you, Ellen. I think I'll pass. Waiter. Restaurant. Nine points. Felix. Thank you. <laughs> Household servant. You got it! <laughs> okay. Nineteen to seventeen. Either team can win on this word. And as they look at it, the password is pencil. All right, Betty, your team is behind now. You have the option, pass or play. I think I'm going to let Oscar have it. Ten points, Oscar. Give me the game. Lead. <laughs> Raphite. <laughs> Nine points. Betty will give you the game. Writing. Pencil. Yeah! Yeah! We've got to move along for new player. Would you? Will you have a copy of our home game? I've got two copies of your home game. I got, I've got one in my car. No, I don't understand this. Thank you very much, Felix Unger. Now, if you will just relinquish your chair. Chair, seat. We're not playing. Oh, please, please give me one more chance. Please, like, oh, what a chip. And for all of you playing with us at home, I'm terribly sorry. Okay, listeners, welcome, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And, boy, do we have a great show for you tonight. Yes. Now, I don't know if you guys paid attention, but I did play a little clip from The Odd Couple. Well, tonight's guest is uh, also a part of a two-guy team. Not really an odd couple of sorts, but uh, their line of work happens to be car stuff. So I'm looking forward to having our guest on this evening. Lee, how are you doing this evening? Great, Robert. Good. Well, anyway, so uh, let's see. What do we got here? Okay, let me give you a couple little updates real quick. If you, uh, oh, yeah, if you're near a computer, be sure and run to your computer and Google Tantalk1340.com, and we are streamed live on the Internet. So you can run your computer, Google us, and tell all your friends someplace uh, else on the planet here that uh, they should be tuning into our radio show. And also, you can check out our podcast, our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I've got some updated uh, pictures on there, some text, as well as the audio from past shows. They go all the way back. 
two years ago, almost. Coming up on our second year. This is good. I'm looking forward to this. At any rate, we got a busy, busy, busy month coming up. There is a ton of stuff coming on as far as shows and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, you hear me advertise some of these people on the show every once in a while, like the Rib Shack Barbecue. Actually, it's the Smoking Rib Shack Barbecue in Largo. Give my friends Corey and Kirk and Gito and Jeb over there a call because I went over there today for lunch. Absolutely kicking barbecue. Okay, their number is 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They're right there on West Bay Drive. You can't miss them. Great place, great takeouts, and they cater. Okay, so be sure and do that. I also want to give a big shout out to my friends over at Fields BMW. Big hello to the G-Man, Gary Gordon over there. If you need a Bimmer, give my friends over at Fields BMW a call. It's 1-800-625-6518. 1-800-625-6518. And of course, my other friends over at Cop Car online. That's Mark and John. If you need a really cool cruiser or some kind of a law enforcement vehicle or something for a security business, or you just want a cool old cop car, you know, give my friends over at Cop Cars Online a call. That's 727-536-2677. 727-536-2677. So much for my live reads. What do we got fired up on that tape deck this evening? We got something old and vintage, don't yeah, we? Yeah, it looks like a song by Buddy Guy called Skanky. Skanky? Which, uh, well, you know, I thought that term... No, I don't let's know. not. The first time I heard it was like skanky, in the late 70s. skanky cars. Yeah, but I mean, kinda... this probably been around for a while, right? Yeah, but it's a cool old song. When Someone's was it playing. recorded? I think back in the 60s. Okay. 60s, so late another... 60s, early 70s, yeah. So it's cool. Buddy Guy did some really cool guitar stuff back in the day. In fact, I thought he played equally as good or better than Jimi Hendrix because he played with Hendrix back in the day. But, wow. Uh, that's yeah. saying a lot. Right? Yeah. yeah, especially when he does Voodoo Child. He does a real good rendition of no that. No kidding. Yeah, we'll have to play that one day. But fire up the tape deck. Let's roll with it.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727 501 9090. That's 727 501 9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727 501 9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, and nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. We're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And, uh, boy, do we have a busy month. Let me tell you what's going on here in a couple of weeks. February 17th, 18th, and 19th, we got the Sumter County three-day extravaganza. It's an annual swap meet. Normally, they got a swap meet once uh, the first Sunday of every month. But in two weeks, they've got the three-day deal going on. So, of course, last weekend, they just had the big deal up at Moultrie. We got some uh, cool races going on. We got the Targa 66 Vintage Races at the Palm Beach International Raceway. That's going on the 24th and the 26th. So if you're into vintage race cars, that's cool. We have the Boca Concourse going on in a couple weeks. That's at uh, in Boca Raton. And you can go on the website and find out all the information on that. That's also the 24th and the 26th. Also, that same weekend, the 23rd through the 26th, we have Zephyr Hills. And then on the 19th, got Quaker Steak and Lube's got a huge car show. So that's kind of a brief update. Next month, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. We've got Amelia Island. We've got the vintage races, SVRA races at Sebring. And then, of course, we have the 12-hour races at Sebring coming up in the middle of next month, which is the 60th running of this 12-hour of Sebring. Then we have the St. Pete Grand Prix. So, guys, we have a fun-filled car guy month going on here and next month as well and probably the month after that. But I'll keep you informed. Hello. Hello. It's time for a radio giveaway. If you'd like to win a prize on Nostalgic Radio Cars, call 727-441-3000 or toll-free 1-866-826-1340. Call now. All right. Now, that's our lead-in to the giveaway. If you're the ninth caller tonight, the ninth caller, I have two $10 gift certificates to Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. So if you want to enjoy a great meal, a great sunset, and great fun down at Krabby's Beach Park Bar and Grill. The ninth caller, and give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000, 
Okay, now it's time for me to do a little plug on myself. Hey, I've talked to you guys many times. You all know that I've been in the car business for a long time, 30-some-odd years. And I do pre-purchase inspections, and I do appraisals, and I do diminished value reports. So if you are looking to buy a classic, a cool car, or if you need your car appraised, uh, feel free to give me a call, 727-541-1741. That's 727-541-1741. Give me, Robert, at Gulfstream Motorsports, a call, and I will gladly get with you and discuss your prize car, and we'll talk about appraisals. Or if you're looking to buy something, we'll talk about a pre-purchase inspection. Or if your car's been involved in an accident, we'll talk about a diminished value. Also, I want to welcome to our show some more new friends of mine, actually old friends, but I want to welcome to the show as uh, as sponsors, and that is my friends over at Heacock Insurance, okay? So if you've got to collect a car and you need your car insured, give my friends over in Lakeland at Heacock Classic Insurance call, 1-800-678-5173. That's 1-800-678-5173. Give my buddy Pete Doraguzzi a call over there. Pete Doraguzzi, okay? Remember, Guzzi has a motor Guzzi, so keep that in mind. Can't forget that. And he's a car guy, too. He's in the Fords, but he writes all the insurance on, you know, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and Heelys, and Jags, and Chevrolet and Mopars and, you know, all kinds of stuff, Volkswagens, you name it. He writes insurance on everything, okay? so And they'll probably call me to come over and do an appraisal on it. So anyway, what do we got set up here next? We got uh, get ready to get our guests on the line, and then let's throw through a couple of uh, commercials real quick. We'll get our guests on the line, and then we'll do those little clips, and then we'll get them on. Okay, you want to hear uh, Albert King? I'll play the blues for you, or at least... We'll just, just roll the commercials, and then what, uh, roll the commercials, yeah. And All then right. uh, while the commercials are running, call our guests so he can enjoy the music that our guests selected. And, of course, I've always said that, you know, our shows are generally tailored around the uh, guests that we uh, have. I always kind of pre-interview them, talk to them, I try to find out their likes, you know, as far as what kind of music they like and what kind of movies they like and actors and things like that. And then I kind of like build that into the show. So it kind of works out real good. We do that the first half of the show. And then, of course, uh, if you've been following our format, the last half hour or the bottom of the hour, as they call it, in the radio biz, we bring in our guests for a 30-minute uninterrupted commercial-free interview. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount. And you feel real Come on over To the place where 
It's time to introduce my special guest for the evening, who happens to be a Robert De Niro fan, Godfather fan, and of course a uh, Al Pacino fan. Of course, so am I. But anyway, this guy's been around for a long time. He's got a syndicated radio show up in the Atlanta area called Sam's Garage. Uh, he's probably most well-known for his first TV show, which is Shade Tree Mechanic. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this evening, Sam Momolo. Sam, are you there? I'm here, Robert. Good evening. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. How are things down there in the Clearwater St. Pete area? We had a beautiful day today. We really did. It was cool. It was nice. It was sunny. It's perfect car weather. That is such a pretty area. I loved working down there when I was down there in the 80s. And, uh, of course, you know, we shot TV for a long time. At least I did over in the Tampa area on there, Brandon. So pretty familiar with that part of the world and uh, like the Indian Rocks beaches and like to go over to Island Estates and eat in the good restaurants. It's a great part of the country. Well, it's nice to have a guest on for a change that actually knows the area. That's kind of cool, because you make all my listeners feel at home, obviously. So, great. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Well, it's a great part of the world. And, and you know, you got so much going on down there. And you got a couple of good classic car guys that sell cars down there. Uh, yeah. I used to be one of them. <laughs> I still broker. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we got Golden Classics, and we got BJs, and right. uh, they're friends of mine, too. Matter of fact, they used to be my customers back in the day when I was in the salvage yard business. So, Who's the one that's over on Bay to Bay? Golf to Bay would be PJ's, and uh, up the street used to be Golden Classics, but he's now moved down to off Hercules Avenue in Calumet. Great. And uh, so, yeah, they're both still around. They're both real active. As a matter of fact, uh, they both sold a ton of cars at the uh, Mecham Auto Auction this past uh, couple weeks ago over in uh, Kissimmee. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, super. So, so what's going on? Not much. Tell us a little bit about uh, Sam Amolo. How'd you get started? How'd you get into business? Uh, you know, your car background a little bit. I know you're from uh, New England, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us about your first car you got and then how you pr- evolved from there, so to speak. Well, my very first car was a um, 51 Chevrolet Sedanette. 
with a 216 six-cylinder, three-speed on the column. Actually, uh, I lived in the Boston area. My oldest sister, um, you know, we're an Italian family. There was four kids. I had two older sisters and a younger brother. My oldest sister, when she was uh, in high school and college, was dating a guy that she eventually married. And um, he had this old Chevrolet that took him to and from school. It wasn't much of a car. And then one day the engine gave up. So uh, it was kind of a throwaway, and um, I was probably at the time 13, um, and, you know, we lived in the city, so we didn't have a big yard or anything like that. We, there were no driveways. I was a city kid living in row houses in an uh, Italian ethnic community of East Boston, and um, so I begged my parents to let me have it, which they, against their will, conceded, uh, found a vacant lot put the car in there, and then I proceeded to try to fix it and took it apart. And uh, That was my first car. I actually made it run. Um, you know, that had old Babbitt Barons. Back in the day, they didn't have insert Barons in those engines. They were dip oilers. They didn't have an oiling system. Um, hard to believe they didn't really have anything until the, the 235 cubic inch blue flame came out with uh, a full oiling system with insert Barons. But, so it was a challenge, but, you know, with some help from... The local guy in the local machine shop, a uh, little Jewish fella at Everett Ave Auto Parts that used to do cylinder head work and boring and stuff, carried it down to him. And first thing he said to me, where are all the shims? And I said, the shims, what are you talking about? He said, well, when you took it apart, there was little shims. Well, when I took it apart, you know, I'm laying on a gravel, a piece of cardboard and a gravel lot, thing jacked up on cement blocks, and um, kind of precarious when you look back at it. But we didn't know a lot then. And... Um, all these little brass things fell out, and I didn't know what they were. I threw them away. Well, <laughs> those were very valuable shims. But anyway, made that thing run and um, drove it around the little vacant lot, which was, you know, maybe a half acre, and uh, uh, never got to get that car registered on the road. Um, ended up selling it, and I bought a 46 Ford Club Coupe with a flathead. And, you know, at my age, back in that day, the, the guys that were racing the circle tracks, like, uh, West Peabody Speedway, uh, uh, Norwood Arena, what some people referred to as jalopy races, they had just made the transition from flathead V8s to overhead valve V8s. And so all of a sudden, there was a lot of flathead speed equipment sitting on the shelf that people didn't want anymore. Um, and, you know, not having any money, I would walk several miles to these shops, and as just a kid, and they didn't even know what, they didn't even want me in there, but. What I would do is go in and tell them how dirty their place was, and I would clean it up and straighten it all out and paint trailers and do whatever I had to do in exchange for this old flathead speed equipment that they no longer wanted and I wanted. And that's how I got into the performance business, and I've been doing it ever since. Now, you worked on uh, foreign cars for a while, too, because so, I heard you mentioning somewhere, that you, uh, some, I overheard you in some conversation, you were talking about you worked on Heelys and Jags and stuff like that. Sure. Well, in New England, you know, that's big foreign car country. Mm -hmm. And although I liked playing with domestics, and you know, and I had a 55 Chevy with a 283 that was boarded 301 and so on and so forth, to make a living as a mechanic, um, the best place was to work in a foreign car shop. Uh, those cars, those places were always busy. Um, they paid a little bit better than the domestics. So, you know, I started working on... Austin Healy's and MG's and Midgets and Sprites, and eventually went to work for a place that at one time was called Autolab Imports in Woburn, Massachusetts, and it became uh, Anderson Farm Motors. They sold Jaguar, Rover, Lotus, Alpha, 
uh, Austin Healy, the whole BMC, British Leyland Group. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I went to school in all those cars, and primarily I worked on three, three of the marks where my premium, you know, the, the, the things I concentrated on, Jaguar, the old XKEs and Mark 10s and stuff, uh, Lotus, Lotus Elan, and, of course, uh, all of the Alfa Romeo, the Duettos and the Spiders and those kinds of uh, the GTVs. And, and it was a great experience. I learned a lot. A lot, little bit more complicated in foreign cars, wouldn't you say? I mean, than American, than domestic cars, the foreign cars. Yeah, are? you know, you get a domestic car. You had a small block Chevy with a two barrel Rochester two GC and a generator, and um, you know, I'm working on a Lotus Elan with twin overhead cams and two double forty five DCOE side draft Webers. Uh, yeah, and and you know, I had to finesse those cars. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like anything else. It's what you learn and what you like to work on, and. Um, they were fun cars to drive. Almost all of those British cars, uh, although they had a reputation for being unreliable, they had some problems. But if you knew the cars, you could make them as you know as reliable as you wanted to make them. Uh, I drove for a long time. I drove an Austin Healey Sprite, which I have to tell you, was a bug eye Sprite. You oh. know what those look like? Oh yeah, they're cool. And yeah, 948 cc. It was less than one liter, <laughs> uh, 65 miles an hour on the freeway, and you were all done. And it was a very, very crude car. Uh, no windows, you know, had a little sliding side curtains and a, a top that was like an erector set that just stretched a piece of vinyl over. But I have to tell you, I drove one of those for two years every day, to and from work, good weather, bad weather. And uh, the only thing that would stop that was it was not good at all in the snow, you know? Mm. They're a little low, for one. And They're trucks. low and small <laughs> tires, and uh, they weren't very heavy. Yeah. So then after that, so after the foreign car stint, then what did you do? You moved on to, uh, as a representative for a company for a while, that uh, or a, uh, a national franchise? Is that what it was? Well, I went to work for Saab, the Swedish oh, car people. Oh, you must work for uh, Saab, okay. What, well, you know, I, I did a small stint with Northeast Airlines at Logan International Airport, working in what a lot of airlines refer to now as GSE, which is ground service equipment. It was basically a motor pool, like in the military. Mm-hmm. Fixed everything from school buses to huffs and tractors. And Huff is the big four-wheel diesel monster that you see that pushes the airplanes out. Um, they have to have a lot of weight to push a, uh, an airplane that weighs between about three quarters of a million pounds. So they weigh sixty, seventy thousand pounds. And and um, I went to school at Frank Huff in Chicago to fix those things. They have crab steering and coordinated steering and so on. But you know, I get tired of being out in the flight line at Logan International. I uh, worked the 11 to 7 shift, and uh, many a night, 30, 35 below, the wind blowing. I said, I can do better than this. So uh, uh, a friend offered me a job at the Saab dealer, which is one of the earliest Saab dealers in New England. And um, that, they were actually still selling the two-stroke version then, the two-cycle engine. Uh, went in there, and his cars were totally unorthodox. I mean, everything you knew about cars, you had to forget and learn to do it all over. But I had some good guys that knew their product, took me under their wing, uh, there was a senior guy there named Gus that just liked me, and Gus showed me a lot of tips and tricks, and I made great money fixing sobs. I, I owned a couple of them, several of them, actually. I drove them. They were great cars in the snow, and um, became a good troubleshooter. When they introduced a fuel-injected car in 1970 with the first fuel-injected Saab, it was the old Bosch injection, um, I got really proficient at it, and um, one, of the day, one day the Saab technical rep said, you know, we need a guy like you to do some technical training for us, and I went to work for them, and I lived in Connecticut for a while because they had a big, big, uh, they were located in uh, 
originally in New Haven, Connecticut, but they moved over to Orange. And then I went out to the West Coast with them and uh, spent three years setting up training centers and going around taking care of dealerships. And uh, I had a real blast and learned a lot there. How did the whole thing with the TV show and the radio show come about? Well, you know, the radio show is kind of a, neither one of these were planned, by the way. You know, I'm a mechanic. I'm not a slick broadcast guy. Um, You know, I, I ran into a guy that used to have a little radio show in Atlanta on cars, and uh, uh, his, his, old name, his name was Myron Stein, the auto doctor. He was funny. Uh, and he invited me on his show. Um, I had never done any live radio before. Sat behind a microphone, talked with him, and just answered some questions from the callers. It was a call-in show, very similar to my syndicated national show. And, um, you know, I actually enjoyed myself. So he invited me back, and I went week after week. And he did, he did a... A Saturday morning one hour and a Sunday morning one hour. So I went there and did it a few times, and the guy kept inviting me back, and I couldn't figure out why he was. I mean, this guy was kind of insistent that I came back. What he wanted me to do was learn how to do this so he could take some weekends off. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I filled in for him. And that was on um, what's now 680 The Fan in Atlanta. It was called Stardust Radio 68. It was a Georgia Tech station. And um, uh, there was an engineer there, board operator, named Jim Robbins, great guy. And, you know, I filled in a couple of Sundays, and one day after the show, um, I watched him putting some tapes up, and he was doing an automated programming for the next couple of hours. I said, so I went into the control room. I always try to learn. I said, what are you doing here? And he said, uh, this is all automated. And I said, you mean you got nothing to do? He said, I just sit here and make sure nothing breaks. I said, can you leave for a little while? He said, yeah. I said, well, come on, and I'll buy you breakfast. And he was looking at me like I had two heads. <laughs> I took him out to breakfast, and he told me, he says, you're the first guy that ever bought, and no one's even bought me a cup of coffee. And I said, no kidding. So anyway, we got to be good friends. I helped him fix his car. He was a Georgia Tech student working in a minimum wage job in the radio station. Uh, come out to my shop a few times, and I helped him out. Well, then he moved. His radio was his passion on the production side, and he got a job at WGST, and one day they talked about an automotive program. He threw my name in the hat. I got a phone call. Uh, I went down there, and the program director said, you know anything about cars? And I said, yep. He says, can you do a radio show? I said, yep. And that was uh, January 17th, 1988, when I did my first broadcast. I'll be darned. Mm-hmm. Now, today you're on WGKA 920 in Atlanta, right? Right. WGKA Talk 920. It's a uh, part of Pennsylvania and Salem Media. Uh, it's a conservative talk show. That's where you'll find... Um, you know, oh God, all Rush guys, Limbaugh, uh, people like that, Prager, yeah. and everybody. Okay, yeah, Laura Ingram, all those people. Laura, okay, and on the weekends they have you know block programming with real estate show. They got a home fixer show, and I have uh, I have an hour there with my call in radio show. But prior to that, I do two hours nationally at Sam's Garage. Uh, I'm based in Madison, Georgia, which is east of the city, about an hour, and we syndicate on ABC satellite. And we have stations in, you know, all over North Carolina, South Carolina. We're on the West Coast. We're in Oregon and Idaho. And um, we're in the midsection of the country. We actually have a great station up in uh, Yankton, South Dakota, which is Sioux Falls. And they got such a powerful signal, and the ground is so flat there. And I think it's solid copper. We get part of Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, uh, North Dakota, and South Dakota. We get five states out of one station. Wow. That's right, because uh, AM channels travel along the surface, right? Absolutely. And, you know, that's a great part of the country because 
They're, it's very rural. They're farmers. When something breaks, they're not picking up the phone or calling a record. They fix stuff themselves. I mean, they fix their big farm machinery. These guys can grind and weld and do all kinds of stuff. So consequently, they fix their cars. And, and we've it's, actually, we've become very good friends with a lot of our listeners. Um, we've run contests over the years. And I get, I would say, probably the majority of my calls from the midsection of the country come out of that one affiliate. And I've helped a lot of these people, you know, fix their computer cards. I, I look up code for them. I have an all-data information system, and if that allows me to email schematics and stuff. Uh, so we do a lot of good stuff for people, and we, you know, we try to be a problem resolution. I don't know all the answers, but I have a great co-host who's very bright, has his own shop. His name is Sam, um, and we know everybody in the business. So we don't have an answer. We just, okay, we'll get back to you, and we find out. And, and so it's not just uh, three hours of live radio every week. We do a lot of research. Uh, in between the radio shows and and of course you know we have guests on and we have sponsors and so on but I always try to provide an answer for people whether it's uh, in fact you know my co-host Dave Bowman yes he's been on the show before too yep Dave and I was spent about an hour and a half two hours on the phone this morning he's got a problem with one of his cars uh, with a transmission the dealer can't find it's a 2006 model no codes and it's OBD2 and I went through a bunch of technical bulletins and printed him diagrams and I'm convinced he's got a uh, uh, this what they call an electrical conductor plate that's loaded with all the shift solenoids and, and temperature sensors and all that stuff. I'm convinced that's bad in that transmission. And that's the, and I, so I emailed him some diagrams, and, uh, you know, I think we made sense of the whole thing, and he's going to uh, attack the fix that way. Would you say, now, so you're pretty much in tune with a lot of the vintage stuff, but then you're also very in tune with all the new stuff, the new computerized issues that these cars are having so you're you 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 pretty much stay abreast and all this stuff so your show is essentially a call-in so if i have a 2010 or 2011 car i could call your show if i have some troubleshooting issues and i could call you and you could possibly figure out what it is over the phone right well you know i can i can steer you in the right direction you know mm -hmm. these cars are so sophisticated today and these technicians the good technicians that work on these cars these guys are like scientists um you've got to be able to be really bright use a lot of logic um, because that's all these things that these cars are loaded with a logic and uh, it's very hard for me to stay current because I don't work on them every day but I do a lot of technical reading you know I attend a lot of events I pick up a lot of information I tie myself up with people um, of course I have the all data information system which gives me basically the factory manuals with the diagrams and the specifications all on tap online and um, this is what a good shop would have as reference. Uh, I also uh, have a, a great co-host who is a young man that I helped get in business you know, 12, 13 years ago. He's been very successful in his career. He's been a drag race champion. He's a turbocharger wizard. He builds, in fact, 12 cars that he built were in the movies, uh, the Fast, Fast and Furious series. Oh, wow. Yeah, 12 of those cars were cars he built and... Um, so and he works on cars every day, you know, has all the latest and greatest equipment, and he helps me with the trends. And I have several other friends that have high-end repair shops that work on these computer cars. And whenever I can, I'll go spend a day in the shop, um, you know, talk to customers, talk to the technicians, see what they're working on. And, you know, it's funny, in cars, things happen in, in pairs or threes. Mm. If you get a car in, for example, one week that needs a clutch, and you have your own repair shop, guaranteed before the week is out, you'll put another clutch or two in, you know. Mm. Next week, it'll be cylinder head jobs. Uh, so I, stay to, I, st I try to stay, you know, 
pretty current. But, you know, when you talk about vintage cars, think about it. You know, I, I see these guys working on, like, these 55 and 56 Chevrolets and 60. You know, I got my driver's license in 1962. So I'm giving my age away there, buddy. But That's okay. Um, I worked on these cars when they were brand new. Mm. And, and back in those days, you know, your, your factory warranty was 12 months, 12,000 miles, end of conversation. There were no extended warranties. There were no aftermarket warranties. And, you know, we used to change oil and filter back then every 1,000 miles. You had a car with ignition points, 10,000, 12,000 miles. They were done. That's why you used to do a tune-up every 12,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can remember cars that a lot of cars back in the era, especially the domestics, didn't even have oil filters. Oil filters were add-ons that were bolted to the side of the, exhaust, the intake manifold and had copper lines run into oil galleries. Uh, so you could have an engine with a filter, without a filter, and, and the oil wasn't anywhere near what the oil is today. So, uh, in fact, one of the trivia questions I use, if you remember seeing the Kendall oil label, it used to have a guy holding up his hand with showing two fingers. Right. You know what that represented? Two cans? Nope. Peace? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me what. It was, this oil will go 2,000 miles before it change. Oh, really? 2,000 miles? Which was a really big deal. Okay. In its day. Uh, now, you know, we have, you know, without the synthetics, you've got good oils that have all these fabulous additives in them, uh, 3,500 to 5,000 5, miles with a quality filter. If you have, you know, synthetics and you have the right synthetic and you're using the, right, the car properly, they can go anywhere from five to 15,000 miles. I don't recommend that. Um, I recently took a Cadillac CTS apart that had you know, all the 15,000-mile intervals as per the manual, and the engine was locked up, and it was so gummed up inside, it had been using the proper synthetic that the car was recommended, and so on and so forth. But the, the short trip driving, the oil just uh, solidified, and it cost them an engine. Mm. So, but, but I'm, the point is, that, you know, people say, well, they don't make cars like they use a lot of plastic in them, and they wrinkle up in a crash. All of these things for an everyday driver, they're really terrific. These cars will go. 100,000 miles before you have to put a set of plugs in them, thanks to platinum and iridium. Uh, coil unplug ignition, it, it eliminated distributors and distributor caps and rotors and wires. And I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. Let's talk about uh, Shade Tree Mechanic. Tell us about that a little bit and how that all came about. Well, then- I would love to sit here on your show and have people listen to me and have and t- me take credit because it was a genius show. Um, I was like the guy that came along. Dave Bowman and a partner of his put this concept together to do a how-to show. Um, and they tried to produce it and get it on the air themselves. That wasn't working real well because uh, net- networks didn't want to deal with individuals. They want to deal with production companies that they know had the capacity to deliver the material. Um, they got turned on. To the, to, they'd had some dealings with the Nashville network, the old TNN out of Nashville, Tennessee, which is now Spike. And um, they turned them on to a production company that was interested in the show called Cinetel Productions. And they put a deal together to make that show. It didn't have a name at the time. And um, so when they put the deal together, the gentleman that ran Cinetel Productions, very smart guy, um, he came up with the name Shade Tree Mechanic, which I detested in the beginning because I was a professional mechanic 
worked as a technical instructor for Allen Test Products for years, teaching scope and so on. And I always try to make people think that mechanics were really bright guys that knew what they were doing, good mechanics were anyway. And um, so it was like, wow, shady mechanic, that sounds like some kind of a jack leg, a guy working on a dirt floor with a chain around a tree. <laughs> but we got the show off the air, and we aired the first show in 1992. And um, and Dave and I, by the way, had very similar careers. He was more performance-oriented. He was more in the race business. Well, I was more in the uh, antique, classic, and everyday car business. But there's a lot of parallels the same. But So we hit it off. We had great chemistry. Obviously, uh, we had great chemistry on the air. And the show was only supposed to run at 12 months to 18 months. By the third year, it had become a cult following. It was the best television show we've ever done. And we did that show for eight years and did 191 episodes. Well, i got to tell you, I've had a couple of my uh, listeners call in when I told them that you were coming on the air. And that was the first question they said is, what happened to the show? And that that, in their opinion, and I will concur, in my opinion as well, was one of the best how-to shows. I mean, you guys really went into a lot of detail. And I actually learned a lot of stuff. So just some trick, little, you know, handy stuff to uh, work on your car. It was a great show. Well, that was my goal, and they allowed me to do that was every show as we looked at the product and we looked at the the project, um, you know, like I said, I've been doing this a long time. If it can be done wrong, if it can be broken, if it can be screwed up, or if you can hurt yourself, I've done it. And what I wanted to do was have somebody be able to watch me and take advantage of my experience to hopefully prevent them from breaking something or hurting themselves. And so I used to sit there, because I wrote every one of those shows, um, you know, behind the scenes, I did some production work. I was the writer for Shade Tree Mechanic. And that involved working with the different sponsors that came in, like if competition cams came in and they wanted to show a certain cam for a certain engine, then we would have to, you know, get a vehicle. And then I would write the layout of the show for the directors and producers, knew what was going to have to happen, and try to time it out for them so they knew, you know, back then the shows used to have 21, 22 minutes of content. Uh, and now they're so commercialized, you're, you're lucky if you got, um, you know, 12 or 14 minutes of content. But we used to have 22 minutes of content, and I would break it down, and, you know, you have a minute and a half, two-minute opening, then the first segment, the second segment, third segment, and so on. And um, it, was, it was a great show, um, and it was, you know, really peak. The network wanted more of it. But what happened is, and you got to understand how the business worked, you know, a production company was no different than a butcher shop or a guy making shoes. They made a product, and they sold it at a profit. Hopefully, that's how they stayed in business. So the, the, the production company made a television show. They would, in turn, let's say they spent you know, $20,000 to build a show. They wanted to make roughly, in the business, the accepted profit margin was about 33%. So they wanted to sell it for somewhere around $30,000, $32,000, as much as they could get from the network. Okay. Now, the network would pay that and buy the show from them. Then the production company was out of the loop. The network now owned it, aired it as many times as they wanted to, and they had a sales force that sold advertising. And their goal was to sell enough advertising to double uh, what they paid for it. They paid thirty grand for it. They wanted to sell sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 worth of advertising, which is how they made their money. Mm. And that's the way TV worked for a long time. Um, but when you're a TV show, 
or a production company, um, you have nothing until you're on a network. The network is the boss. Gotcha. So the networks figured that out, and they decided, okay, we don't have to buy these shows. Um, and let me tell you what happened with Shade Tree Mechanic. After the eighth year, we went from 1992 to 2000. In, and that was all Cinetel Productions, and they had a great relationship with TNN and several other networks. They produced stuff for like that club dance, dance thing that used to be on. They produced that. They produced a lot of TV for Nickelodeon. Um, excellent production house. So good that Scripps Howard, the big media people, bought them. And that's when they started with HGTV and the Food Network and all that kind of stuff. That's all Scripps Howard. Well, now it's a competing network. Um, they actually put the satellite dishes right on the property behind the Shade Tree Mechanic Garage. So um, In Tampa? In, no, no. This oh. is up in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, oh, no. okay. where Cinetel Productions was located. Okay. So the network... TNN wasn't going to buy from the other network. You never buy from your competition because they can strangle you with price and availability. So they decided, okay, we're ending, ending our relationship with Cinetel Productions. Well, in the meantime, Dave and myself and Frank had been working on an, another show that we were going to be behind the scenes. We hadn't picked talent yet, but there'd be two hosts, and it was going to be a performance show that was called the Crank and Chrome Performance Shop. So that was going to be a second show. Well, when Shade Tree ended, TNN said to us, look, we're sorry, we want more Shade Tree, but, you know, Scripps Howard owns the rights and the name and the trademark. So we said, well, we got Crank and Chrome Performance Shop. It's a different name, but it's the same two guys, the same format. And they said, we'll go for it. Uh, and Dave used to live in Rhode Island, by the way. He had moved to the Tampa area. And um, he, we set up a, and he and his partner, I just worked for them. They owned the company. They formed a production company, opened a facility in Tampa on the Brandon side, and um, we shot uh, two years of Crank and Chrome. Now, we had a three-year contract with TNN, but in the middle of the second year, they were bought out by Viacom, and it became Spike, and the deal was no good, so we walked away from that, changed the name to Two Guys Garage, and went over to Fox Speed Channel. Now, you've got a new show on right now that's called Motorhead Garage, and it's on the right. Fox Sports Channel here in the Tampa Bay area. This is Channel 31, okay, and it's every Sunday morning at 1130, right? That's correct. Now, we are doing some reruns right now. We just started production on a new season. We've got 26 new shows coming with a lot of on-location stuff. Dave Bowman and myself, Fox Sports South here in the South, and uh, it's 1130 Sunday morning everywhere in the country. Okay, now you also have a website. It's Sam's Garage, right? So if they want to get a hold of you and find out about your radio show, they can go to your uh, website, right? Sam'sGarage.com or ShadeTreeMechanic.com. Everything is there. They can listen to my radio show live. We stream it on the Internet. There's shows that are archived. Everything you want to find out about me is on there. And uh, we've got some great stuff coming up. Got an engine and an engine stand raffle happening again for the Humane Society. I'm very involved in. Got an injected 5-liter Ford. It's going to be real exciting. You need to look at that. I'll keep you posted. Definitely do that. And I'll probably see you at some of the shows. I don't know if you're going to be at Amelia Island or some of these other upcoming events or races, but I look forward to seeing you again. And I definitely want to have you back on the show. Sure. When, I, when I've got the time, I'll be glad to share that with you, Robert. And I sure. really appreciate you having me on. I All hope right. I uh, didn't talk too no, much. No, no, no. You did fine. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. My guest this evening was Sam. Mamolo from Motorhead Garage. Okay, that's Sundays on Fox Sports Channel 1130, Channel 31. Everybody else, drive carefully. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Love your family. We'll see you at some of the car shows.